Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is January 30th, 2019. Remember, you can always find my recent publications on torysays.com or Big League Politics. And um, today we have a lot to talk about. Uh, well, maybe we could start with the weather. I just want to put some perspective on this. My refrigerator right now is at least 70 degrees warmer than it is outside. And my house is 120 degrees warmer than it is outside. Uh, Pretty incredible uh, temperatures. I'd like to say that I'm polar strong. I can knock that off my bucket list, I guess. Uh, The temperatures here are colder than they are in Antarctica at the moment and even Mars. So um, that's pretty interesting on perspective. Uh, It's not that bad. I guess maybe I have been more acclimatized to this weather having uh, been here for a while. For someone who is 100% Greek Mediterranean, um, because both my parents were Greeks fresh off the boat um, migrating to the United States, I can say none of my ancestors (laughs) have probably endured this kind of cold. So for all of you out there in different areas of the U.S., freezing grab yourself a hot cup of coffee i don't know if your school shut down but uh the public schools in my city did and the colleges uh, which is which is important because uh, yesterday my daughter told me going from one building to another on campus was dangerous because her fingers were going red which is the first stage of frostbite just within just a few minutes of exposure going out though you know You buy kids gloves, right? Hats and scarves, but, you know, they know better. They'll go out in shorts in this weather. Now, where do we start? We have a lot to talk about. Kind of excited. You know, the chatter came through Uh, last week. I heard chatter that there were going to be some uh, issues with FBI agents. High level indictments that are going to be recommended or put in. We saw that come out yesterday from the Office of the Inspector General. We're seeing reports of people not returning to work. Could it be pink slips? Could it be, uh, here's what Chatter is telling me, and I, you know, can't really say, yes, that's indeed the case or not, but that maybe out of, say, a thousand employees, only two existed, that the others were false employees that's pretty strange i heard it but i thought i'd put it out there you never know yesterday something interesting came up too in tennessee uh while they were looking at the radars they saw that there was um uh an incidence of chaff 
that happened. And just so people understand, like uh, that is a countermeasure we put so that uh, you are not detected on radar. This happens on ships, obviously in airspace, where kind of particles are sprinkled in the air uh, to scramble visibility of satellites. So that was interesting, and that was just west of Memphis yesterday. Could it be that there was something in the air that changed their call sign or direction? I don't know yet. I've um, reached out to people that are very knowledgeable in this and said, hey, is there something here? Can we take a look? Would be very interesting to see what went on. Also, I noticed that our president yesterday didn't tweet much, and today, as expected, it's coming down hard. And um, I thought before we get into the meaty things that I want to talk about, which is this veto override, this um, Senate Committee for Border Security, um, that, that we just parse through what he says. But I'm going to skip the one that he tweeted out 13 hours ago, and we'll revisit that at the second half of the show. So six hours ago, crack of dawn, our president tweets out, Maduro willing to negotiate with opposition in Venezuela following U.S. sanctions and cutting off oil revenues. Guaido is being targeted by the Venezuelan Supreme Court. Massive protests expected today. Americans should not travel to Venezuela until further notice. Now, having said that, I've, I've mentioned the relationship and how Maduro came to be in power. It's always focusing on the second-in-command, the vice presidents, and how Chavez was very cozy with the Obama administration up until about 2010, 2011, where things started to go south. It could be that Maduro asking to speak with the president directly may indeed provide the president information because this is leverage. Regardless, though, Maduro has to go. But he's trying to save his own skin. So this will be interesting to see what comes of it. Um, And the fact that he's saying that he's willing to negotiate is probably trading information and providing uh, information to the president, which... Our president putting out there and Maduro being so visible in making this request to speak to the president can put him in the crosshairs as well. So that's something to think about. His next tweet, he said, when I became president, ISIS was out of control in Syria and running rampant. Since then, tremendous progress made, especially over the last five weeks. Caliphate will soon be destroyed, unthinkable, two years ago. Negotiating are proceeding well in Afghanistan after 18 years of fighting, negotiating. So negotiations, could it be a typo or could it be purposeful? That's something that we can ponder on, but he's correct. No one's ever thought of negotiating in Afghanistan with the Taliban. We've just been at war and seizing their poppy fields, coupled with the increase in the opioid epidemic. That would kind of make sense. He continues to say fighting continues, but the people of Afghanistan want peace in this never-ending war. We will soon see if talks will be successful. 
North Korea relationship is best it has ever been with the U.S. No testing, getting remains, hostages returned, decent chance of denuclearization. Time will tell what will happen with North Korea. But at the end of the previous administration, relationship was horrendous and very bad things were about to happen. Now a whole different story. I look forward to seeing Kim Jong-un shortly. Progress being made, big difference. So in Afghanistan, we all know that we've been there for a very, very long time. Uh, we've dominated in taking their main source, actually, of agriculture, which is poppy. And we control it in some form of way. And for some reason, we're still there. And no one has ever thought, well, let's come to the table and talk with these guys because we can't just sit here forever just fighting. What are we fighting for? The question is, what are we fighting for? Why are we there? And this will be very interesting to see. Now, in regards to North Korea, we know that our president is probably having a meeting um, in February. Uh, from what I remember being announced, it hasn't been fully confirmed that he's meeting with uh, Kim Jong-un. And I think that's, um, that's huge. I mean, he's right. At the time that he took over the United States as president, right, and was sworn in, uh, North Korea was already flexing their nuclear muscle, they were being imposed. They had sanctions against them from even the Chinese where they actually traded with as well. Uh, South Korea, they've never crossed the border. I mean, for me, it was so emotional watching Kim, uh, you know, the North Korean uh, leader and the South Korean leader just hug each other. That was incredible. It, I mean, how can no one acknowledge how incredible that is the fact that they sat down and had meetings that kim is leaving his country and traveling and trying to bring his country into the developed nations he's trying and our president is doing that which is an extraordinary accomplishment that he's not being given credit for this is a huge difference by no means does it mean that any threat of nuclear attack has been eliminated. But at least they're talking. It's kind of like if you're angry with your friend. You guys can give dagger eye looks at each other and, you know, seek to, you know, take each other's out, like destroy each other's business. I'm just saying there are people like that, vendettas. Um, but if you start talking then it seems to be more personified, more humanized, and taking radical actions like pushing the button to blow up a place uh, comes with greater thought. So this is a very, very big step. Now, um, I guess I should start with the wall, right? Or, or no, let's talk about how Nancy Pelosi, um, who's not in D.C., right? But she's actually going to one of the most exclusive um, Grammy parties, pre-parties. Uh, she's um, a guest to Clive Davis's annual pre-awards gala. And, you know, to go to that party, people pay like, you know, over $100,000 per table. So 
to that bash, you know, people that are invited are like um, Alice Cooper, Mark Anthony, Smokey Robinson, Jamie Foxx. And, I, and I'm just thinking, like, why is Nancy Pelosi going there? Like, when has a speaker of a house decided that she needs to go party? I mean, her teeth look like they're going to come out of her mouth when she talks. Uh, she doesn't remember what she said five minutes ago. She refers to President Trump as Bush sometimes. You know, why is she going there? This is very telling. Why is she going there? That the stars are going to, what, endorse her? Like, who cares what actors do? Because actors, when they get involved with politics, that really hurts their brand and hurts their pockets a lot. Look at Eminem. Cardi B, you know what? I loved her music. I would pay, no way I'm paying for anything. I'd rather pirate it or stream it on YouTube for free because she opened up her mouth. Stay out of it. This is your brand and I'm your consumer. I don't think they realize that. This is why Hollywood isn't even pumping out movies anymore that are worth anything because they don't seem to understand that they themselves are a product, a commodity for a consumer. And if you start berating and talking down about specific consumers, they're not going to pay. And the thing is, the majority of the consumers, because our wallets speak, look what happened to HuffPo, BuzzFeed, right? Look at CNN's rating. They're literally paying companies like tune in that are podcasts, right? Or um, uploaded radio shows to, to, to advertise, hey, you can listen to CNN on this too. They're desperate because the voters, the legal voters, and this is coming out now. I mean, we talked about it two months ago and now everyone's coming to the surface that the majority did win. Our president did get the majority vote because he had votes, she had votes that were not legal, right? They were from resident aliens or illegal immigrants and sometimes people filing multiple votes and fake ballots. We saw that in Broward County. So it's very important for us to understand that we are the majority. Everyone should embrace that and use their wallets to speak. When I see a brand that takes a position, berates what my belief is, I'm no longer spending my dollar there. I haven't bought one thing of Nike ever since they did that Kaepernick stunt. One thing. And I refuse to. I stick with Adidas. It's pretty incredible how these actors don't realize that they are a commodity. They represent their brand. And when you stand with one side alienating the population of the United States, the majority of the consumers that actually have wallet power, you will lose. That's how it goes. You will lose. You will lose money. You will lose fame and no one cares what you say. So the fact that Pelosi is going to this party is a huge deal because it indicates to us that 
brands, brands, because this is what they are, like Jamie Foxx is a brand. He may be a human being, but he is a walking brand, right? Because anything he wears, people want. Anything he uses, people want. So he is a walking consumer brand. Stands by Pelosi. For me, the Grammys stand by the Democrats. So what does that tell you? Nobody's watching any of these shows. Look at their ratings, how they dropped. And all of us are curious to see the bashing, the doing, the sayings. But you could just wait for the highlights. Wait till they're streamed. Don't help them with their ratings. That's how you make a difference. You know, I... The, the Roseanne show was incredible and the Connors are on life support. They're literally out of pocket paying for it and bringing it for a second season, not because they're doing good, right? Not because anybody's watching, but because they just don't want to admit that they made a consumer mistake. Consumer mistake. And again, they bring in all these radical ideologies into their shows now um there's a new show called um roswell new mexico i totally love conspiracy theories i'm a huge sci-fi buff uh always have been and uh i was watching it kind of cute very like teeny boppy romance i'm into sucker things like that sometimes and i noticed something yesterday so i watched the first two episodes and i was like "Mm, it did sound kind of fruity because they were attacking ICE, how they're collecting illegals, how it's wrong, how illegals are scared to go to the hospital because they'll be deported, showing that one of the main actor's father owns a restaurant and he's an illegal. But then it shows yesterday, and I was like, great job, whoever wrote this. It showed a sheriff who's Mexican. Uh, well, she's like the head, head honcho sheriff. And she said, I believe in the rule of law. My parents waited for years and starved to come to the United States legally. I do not like illegal immigrants because they take away and cheapen the struggle of those that waited in line and did it the right way. Wow. I was blown away. I was like, oh, I'm a super fan now. This is on record series. This isn't a chance thing. I'm on. Because they showed two sides, the fruity side and, and, and the, hey, this is the law, we need to do this side. It was fair. See, whoever wrote that show knew what they were doing. They knew that they did not want to harm their brand. Um, that new Charmed, you know, kickoff has dropped in ratings ever since they started saying things like, you reek of white supremacy or white privilege. Like, seriously, guys, it's ridiculous what they're doing. They're revamping things and they are inserting these uh, social constructs, these social grievances uh, to condition us to be okay with it. The minute I see that, I turn it off. I can't watch it anymore. And so I was kind of excited. Oh my gosh, look, the only show that hasn't done this because it was kind of like this, but I was like, all right, her dad's an illegal 
and this is why she's so adamant. She started the, the, the scene on the first show started with her being stopped by, you know, a blockade of, you know, sheriffs and ICE agents. She was like, oh, my God, whatever. Like, I'm a U.S. citizen. Here's my passport. Jeez, you guys just want to collect people, you know, totally fruity, totally this. But I understand her father's an illegal immigrant. She came here. She became a citizen. So she's not a DACA dreamer. So there's fact, right? Not a DACA dreamer. She was born here. So she went and applied for citizenship. Okay. These, this is the way if your parents broke the law and brought you here for whatever ABC reason, and you don't let your children complete the process, you're part of the problem too. Not saying that the parents didn't break the law because they are illegal, but at least we see some truth in the fact that I'm not just a DACA. Hey, I'm living here free and clear. Deal with it. It's very important that we see these things because they're pushing it in every nook and cranny of our society, from our entertainment to our music, to our clothing, to the advertising and to these false narratives, you know, like that empire actor. Yeah, I was here. He was in the underground area at 2 a.m., which is super dangerous. First of all, gets beat up and he's like, they had MAGA hats and they were doing it. First of all, let's get this straight majority of Trump supporters are hard workers. Not a lot of them out at 2 a.m. in the morning strolling the streets. That's number one. Number two, it's super, super cold. So why would someone be strolling around? This is all a manufactured, you know, I feel bad for whatever happened to him. I do. I do. But I don't feel bad for the circ- for the repercussions that he will have because no one's going to be watching Empire anymore. Why would I watch it? I'll wait till it comes on Hulu. I'll wait till it comes on Netflix to continue because there's no way I'm contributing to your ratings so you can, you know, pull in that advertising income because you don't deserve it because your actors are aiding to this. I mean, look at Alyssa Milano. She's begging people to make her relevant. She'll say anything extremist to make herself relevant because she has no money and no one is sponsoring her and nobody cares. Your message has to align with neutrality, being neutral as a consumer good. Nike lost a lot. This is why brands stay impartial. But yet there are brands that embrace it and are okay with it. But the thing is, where's your marketing guys to tell you you're committing, you know, product suicide when you choose the side that has no money? So on that... On that, let's just think about it for a second. That Pelosi is going to this huge, snazzy, glitzy, blingy party for the Grammys. We expect them to be hyper-politicized. And, you know, every year it's as if they don't get it. Less and less and less people are tuning in. And it seems they're not getting it yet. They're really not getting it yet. And they're pulling every card they can. They are foaming at the mouth for impeachment. Um, You know, we're seeing now that they're stalling William Barr's confirmation, which I'm okay with because I don't like. But they're saying that he won't protect the Mueller investigation. And Whitaker announcing that it's wrapping up. They're thinking, boy, here we go. We've got our impeachment grounds. We've got this, you know. And if there was really something there, it would have been leaked. We all know that. They love to leak. And a lot of people, a lot of chatter going on, and this is coming from the insane left, 
But some credible sources that I have that are pretty kind of ish neutral claim that they will be going after President Trump's son. I'd like to see that because think about it. What do they have? They have that he was at a meeting for someone that was bringing information to him from Russia. That same someone that the attorney general at the time, Lynch, uh, overrid Homeland Security denial of her access into our country. The same attorney general also authorized wiretapping Manafort's phone on that day so they can listen into the conversation, which was a big nothing burger. And all she started to do was talk about adoptions and children, which was nothing about what he was expecting. Where's the dude that put them in contact? Where are all these people? They're all gone. It seems as if Somebody's backed into a corner right now, right? And it's definitely not the administration. It seems that the mainstream media has pulled all guns. And mainstream media includes singers and actors, right? Because we've got to put them into that entertainment industry because we have to realize that they're no longer reporters. They're simply entertainment. You know, a lot of people are saying, look at all these former FBI officials, CIA agents joining CNN. Well, it's not just CNN. What if I told you I have evidence, evidence that top FBI officials, top FBI officials that left, that left the FBI in May 2016 have penetrated entertainment industry at the highest levels. Penetrated, and I have evidence of this. What if I told you that? Would you be surprised? No, you wouldn't. Because, you know, some of these FBI officials work for companies like Pixar and Disney. Why? How do you move from being a special director, et cetera, et cetera, decorated, bootlicking Comey guy to working at Pixar? How do you get to working for MTV? How do you get to working for this station? I mean, what is it with the entertainment industry, right? Think about it. I'll see you guys shortly after this break. And we'll talk veto override in the wall, parsing out a rhino's comment. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 
That's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for MyPillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. MyPillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. MyPillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. MyPillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code REDSTATE. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com Welcome back to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Uh, at this segment of my show, I would like to talk about the government shutdown, what has developed post it, about the wall, what happened within the Senate discussing about this shutdown, and the veto override, and this uh, Senate Border Security Committee. In order to get a better understanding, I'm going to play you a clip of a rhino talking about it. I may interject just to tell you what he looks like while he's answering these questions. But take a real hard listen to the questions posed, what questions were not answered, and how he answered some of them. Senator Hoban, welcome back to Point of View. Always great to have you with us, sir. Let's go back to last Friday just for a moment. President Trump reopens the government. What did the GOP get out of this 35-day government shutdown? Well, obviously nobody likes the government shutdown, but we do need border security, security and the key is going to be uh, that we not only fund the remaining 25 percent of the government, but that we get to a border security package that includes people, technology, and a border barrier. Okay, before I continue that, first of all, he didn't answer the question, right? He didn't say what we got out of this government shutdown. Totally skirted it, was ready to say something else. His body language was completely off. I'll tweet it out on Tory underscore says uh, on Twitter and Gab after the show so you can see it yourself. Uh, This senator, from my sources, was one of the seven GOP senators canvassing for veto override votes. I'll continue. So what he said was his key thing was to uh, fund the government that was shut down. Let's continue. He still didn't answer the question. 
But did the GOP get anything out of this? I guess that in 35 days, now that you've got people that are readjusting GDP growth for the first quarter, uh, people coming out and saying, hey, we lost over $6 billion just in the economy. Did the GOP get anything out of this? Okay, so he asked the question a second time. Take a listen again, though he's very uncomfortable when he answers the question. It, it's just whether it truly gets, you know, brings this uh, issue to the forefront, the need for national security, border security being part of that national security, and that we ultimately get to something that works well uh, for our country. I mean, it's, the key is where we end up. So was the 35-day shutdown worth it? So he asked the question again. He didn't answer it. Now he says, all right, well, let me make it easier. Was it worth it? Check out what he says. Well, again, nobody. Uh, and while he's answering, he's shaking his head no. Likes to shut down, wants to shut down. We have to do everything we can. And, of course, as you know, I'm on this conference committee now to make sure that we don't have a shutdown going forward and that we uh, fund the remaining uh, appropriations bills. Those passed on a bipartisan basis, fund the government out through the end of September, and, as I say, get border security that, that includes a barrier people and technology. That, that's, that's where we have to end up. We'll get to Okay, so he didn't answer the question. He was shaking his head no. He was extremely uncomfortable. And just so you guys know who the senator is, he's the son of Jack Hoven, one of the um, Mongols that ruled North Dakota for a while. Unfortunately, unfortunately, his son, John, thinks he's as smart as Jack, but he isn't. His daddy was way smarter. Um, it's really hard to throw him off. These questions had boxed him in. He was extremely uncomfortable. And, you know, if all reporters ask difficult questions like this, I mean, we got to give a hat tip. Um, you can follow Chris Berg on uh, Twitter. I think it's Chris P- Chris Berg POV. I'll retweet one of his tweets um, referring to this if he has. Um, so it's Chris Berg. Now listen to what else he asks him. This is a, a very telling interview of what's really going on. The Commerce Committee in one second, sir. You just said, hey, nobody likes a government shutdown. I want to share with you what a... Uh, Republican senator sent to Axios and just get your comments on it. They were talking about the luncheon on the 24th. It sounds like there were some chippy words between like Senator Ron Johnson, you know, Leader McConnell, some other senators. This person texted Axios and said, hey, the message from that lunch by Vice President Pence and Mitch McConnell to the president was it's over. There'll be 70 votes within 48 hours. Is that- and the 70 votes means a veto override, right? So here's where this is why the president ended the shutdown, because these rhinos, one of them being the guy being asked now, were canvassing for a veto override to go against what the president wanted. Take a listen. Is that an accurate statement? You know, I'm not going to try. There was back and forth at that meeting. Number one, I'm not one of the guys that goes out of those caucuses and says what other people said. I can tell you what I said. Um, so I'm not going to get into that. There like, was some back and forth like on it, but no, no, I, it would be hard. It, it would it would be hard to characterize that to, to say what exactly would have happened coming out of there. But there were different opinions expressed, no question. Was there the opportunity though for a uh, presidential veto override within the Senate? If if Trump wouldn't have reopened the government, would you guys have done a veto override within the Senate? I don't I don't think that that that, that part of the 
that was not in the discussion, I can tell you that. It was okay. more, how do we address this? How do we get the government funded? And how do we get border Sounds security? Sounds like he was it tripping was over his that. words, huh? I'm very excited for you, sir, being a part of this border uh, security conference committee. I want to share with you on Sunday, President Trump had an interview with the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> I mean, I want to see what you say to this. He said there's less than a 50-50 chance that your committee comes up with something that he can sign. What's your... Okay, so I just retweeted on Twitter um, this interview link so you guys could just see how Senator Hoven was uncomfortable. You heard him tripping over his words. You heard how he didn't even answer the questions, and he was like, I'm not going to get into what we talked about and whatnot. But no, that wasn't the conversation-ish. And his body language says, yes, that was it. Why are you asking me this question? The response to that. Well, I hope we can. I mean, at the end of the day, we've got to have something that the House agrees to, the Senate agrees to, and the president will sign. And and look, our colleagues on the other side of the aisle were saying, well, we can't uh, negotiate because the government shut down. Well, the government's open now, so they should be able to negotiate. And actually, the president put a package on the table that not only includes the uh, funding uh, for uh, border security, people, technology, uh, humanitarian assistance. Uh, it addresses DACA, TPS, a lot of things Democrats want. And a lot of them said, okay, we'll negotiate as soon as the government's open. Well, the government's open. Let's negotiate. Let's get a solution. So President Trump also said in this interview, hey, I'm going to have to have $5.7 billion for a wall. House GOP leader McCarthy, McCarthy came out today and said, you know, maybe we don't call it a wall. What say you? Does it have to be 5.7 billion for you to be okay with this conference committee outcome? And secondly, does it ha- does the word wall need to be a part of it, or are you okay with barriers, still slots? Where are you at? Barriers fine, um, but it needs to be. Oh my God, barriers fine. It's a wall. Why are you calling it a barrier? But here's where you get into the meat of things to see just what a snake this guy is because he's going to talk to you about the smart wall. You know, the wall that Pelosi's been pushing, the one where they'll have drones, unmanned aircraft, right? What are they going to do, shoot people out? Sensors? We've already talked about this. Uh, Technology can be bypassed because don't forget, technology is coded by humans and it's not that smart yet. So where is he going with this? Take a listen people technology and and a barrier and we should rely on the professionals the career professionals at customs and border protection i've been talking to them i talked to the commissioner kevin mclennan who i know very well this morning we should be talking to them about how we put all that together to get the very best border security and that should help take the politics out of it and help us get to a solution and at the end of the day as far as the president you know, we, we need to get to something he'll accept, just like you got to have something that the Senate and the House will agree to. We need all three. So basically, that statement to me says it's the president against us. That is what he's saying, and this is, for me, very alarming. So walk us through that. I think you bring up some great points. Are you suggesting you're going to have this conference committee and bring in a bunch of Border Patrol and ICE agents and people like that, and they're going to sort of testify in front of this committee, and that's going to help you devise this potential plan that you'll present to the president? Well, we're having our first official meeting uh, tomorrow, although we we're obviously been talking right about it with our members and uh, Democrats and, you know, and uh, professionals and all that. So we've been working on it. Our first official meeting is tomorrow. You'll hear people put out different ideas. That's one of the ideas that I'm going to put forward. You hear a lot about a smart wall. How would you define a smart Here wall? Here we go. 
Exactly. That's exactly what we need. And again, call it a barrier, fence, wall, whatever you want. I mean, the, the, the terminology doesn't matter. But at the end of the day, we need a barrier. Wait a minute. He just said terminology didn't, doesn't matter. But he already said, I like to call it a barrier. Let's keep going. Barrier that's, that's staffed in the right way. And so you have enough people to do the job properly. And you have the technology. And that technology includes a lot of things, not only sensors, but look at North Dakota. We're leading the way in UAS unmanned technology. That's a big part of border security. So yeah, did you know that in North Dakota, they're actually using drones for security? This is like the biggest nanny state on the planet. And you know, uh, they, well, not planet, China takes a cake. Let's say the United States, because this is the only state where your civil rights have no clout at all. Uh, you know, and he's pushing it, obviously, because, you know, he is the fourth richest senator. So we must look into the investments he has. So he's panning on drones and sensors that can be bypassed and a barrier. But now he's like, you could call it whatever you want. Listen to what else he says. Very telling. All those things go into a smart wall or whatever you want to call it, a smart barrier fence. So would you sign off on something out of this committee, sir, that that isn't five point seven billion, but is maybe two, two and a half billion? Would you be OK with that number? Well, I'm not going to sit and try to negotiate that right now. Again, it, number one, we want good border security, and a barrier has to be part of it. A barrier. And as far as the actual number, we have to have agreement, like I say, House, Senate, and, uh, and the White House, the president. So I, I can't sit here and name a specific number. What we want is a good solution. Wait a minute. Isn't he supposed to be supporting what the president wants? Hasn't the president already paid surveyors and put together a package and knows that this is how much he needs to build his wall? Yet now he doesn't want to talk about numbers. He doesn't want to go into that detail. We don't know what it will constitute, but whatever we can to get a barrier uh, that he would agree with. No, you're supposed to be doing your job, which is to support what the president, who is your party's president, wants. This is the most telling interview to date to just see how rhinos operate. And I urge all of you, if you're on Twitter and following me, to see the video that I tweeted out. If not, you can go to valleynewslive.com and search uh, Senator Hoven Talks Border Security and Shutdown uh, if you're not on Twitter or Gab. Uh, let me continue this. It's just a, a few more minutes. So let's go to this, because, I mean, again, I know, I know you're not going to negotiate with me, so we'll see how this thing plays out. But several times where you've said, hey, no one wants a government shutdown. President Trump, even Mick Mulvaney over the weekend, his chief of staff, said, yeah, President Trump will shut down the government if he doesn't get what he wants out of this deal. It sounds to me like you're pulling that out from him. In fact, uh, I know there's some people in the GOP that want to put a bill together that will eliminate shutdown. So aren't you sort of handicapping the president right now by not giving him all the negotiation tools? And, and do you really believe after the last 35 no. days he's going to shut down the government after this? See, that is a great question. They're putting together a bill to remove the right from the president. Listen to that. To not be able to shut down the government. They are literally, as he said, handicapping the president from negotiating when he's being stymied for what he believes and exercising his executive authority. Listen to the answer. 
Well, look, I'm not predicting anything. I, I'm not in the prediction business. I'm just going to work as hard as I can on a solution. So I'm not Didn't saying even what answer he will the or question. won't do. And obviously another option on the table is that he would declare a national emergency and then use funding pursuant to that national emergency. So th there are a lot of options. I don't know, I, and I can't predict what's going to happen. What I can tell you is that I'll work as hard as I can to get to a solution because I know that nobody wants a shutdown, including the president. He so he wants supports a that bill. We want a solution. He supports You're on the that Homeland bill. Security Committee, sir. How many terrorists have we caught at the southern border? Well, I don't have, and I know that that's gone back and forth. I don't have a specific number for you, but the reality is this. If we don't have a secure border, we are at risk for Still people didn't coming answer here the illegally. We know incredible amount of drugs and the problems that causes, terrorists, any number of issues. It is a fact that border security is a fundamental part of national security. Well, the reason I brought that up, sir, is because many people, you know, on the other side of the aisle are going to say this is not justified as a national emergency. So do you, do you believe the president has got justification to declare a national emergency? I believe it is an emergency. Look at the number of people coming across, and it's increasing. We have to address it. Amen. I could talk to you for a long time about this, sir. There's more caravans coming. The Pentagon said we're going to put more troops down at the border. Uh, very soon, thousands more. But I want to move on to this quickly, sir, because uh, I think it was last night a China delegation got into town to continue these trade talks. On Monday, right. also, there was announcements about the indictments for Huawei, uh, the telecom industry in China. What, what, what do you see to come out of these negotiations over the next two days regarding these China-U.S. trade talks? Well, see, you're bringing up the right aspect of that discussion. It's not just about knocking down these tariffs. There are other barriers, there are other unfair trading practices that China's engaging in that need to be addressed, whether it's a patent infringement, copyright, uh, taking technology, stealing technology. Those are all vital issues that have to be addressed. That's what you see going on with Huawei. And so this, these negotiations, and you're right, we've got a, a delegation that, that's here led by the Vice President uh, Luhi, which is good. We're getting the top people. But we need to address all those issues. So it's not just a tariff issue. These other issues are very important as well. Do you feel good, though, sir, that we're going to come out of this deal where they follow through and say, yes, we're going to buy more oil and egg products from the U.S.? So we're making progress in those areas. Still got a long way to go. Obviously, the soybean issue is a huge issue. But, you know, a lot of their uh, re part of the reason they haven't bought more soybeans over there because they're now back in the market buying them is because they've had a big problem with their hog population and, and this swine flu epidemic over there. Um, so hopefully we're starting to get them to make these purchases again while we're doing the negotiation. Senator Hovind, thank you for the time, sir. I know you're extremely busy. Good luck on this conference committee. All right. So today that conference committee is happening. We heard from the mouth uh, of... Uh, the swamp, uh, what their aspirations are and what they look for. As we noticed, he didn't answer any of the questions. He was very evasive. Um, he almost pretty much told us, well, we're, there's not going to be a shutdown. He, uh, th when he answered the question about him doing the shutdown, it's like I heard Pelosi when she said, there's going to be no more shutdowns, no more. They are pushing this bill. He didn't skirt on it. He didn't talk about it. But he confirmed that he is against another government shutdown. And he is, along with other snake GOPs, taking away the tools our president has. 
And even our president tweeted, if the committee of Republicans and Democrats now meeting on border security is not discussing or contemplating a wall or physical barrier, they are wasting their time. And this is it. He said physical barrier. It is very important. Physical barrier. That means steel slats. That means concrete. That means I can't walk through it. Not sensors. Not pushing your companies that you own in unmanned technology. Because if you see just how big the investments are from the Democrats and these rhinos in technology of unmanned aircraft and sensors, etc., you'll see that the only thing they're doing is promoting the companies they already have interest in. So the president making the statement that it's 50-50 if they come up with something is right. Because I guarantee you, they'll come up with something that fattens their pockets and refuses an actual physical barrier. And this, to all of you listening, is important because now that we've listened to what he's been saying, and uh, I tweeted out so you can see him, this is a very seasoned uh, uh, person. He went from, you know, owning his daddy's bank to being the president of the Bank of North Dakota, the only state-funded bank in our nation, to governor, to senator. This guy isn't some, you know, second-hand, you know, newbie, wetback. He is an expert, and he was very uncomfortable. In turn, he's also the fourth richest senator we have. And just so that you guys know, I filed a formal federal FBI complaint on certain certain Republican senators that are working against our president that have committed fraud against the people. Today, actually, I finished the last one. We need to make sure that we stop looking at party titles. Just because they're Republican doesn't mean they're public servants. Just because they're Democrats doesn't mean they're insane. There are Democrats that are working for the good. There are Republicans that are working for the good. But unfortunately, the reality is, is that the majority of them are working for themselves. This is why the only bill we need passed is that no one can create wealth while in office, not allowed to invest, not allowed to sell, not allowed to buy, because this is interests. They are not looking after me or you or your family. They're looking after their pockets. What will make them money is important. And think about it. You know, Donald Trump Jr. yesterday tweeted out how Amazon doesn't use E-Verify for a lot of their employees, right? That should be scary considering, considering that they have a contract to house all our intelligence and federal documentations in their cloud. Isn't that a problem? Knowing that they have employees that may or may not be who they say they are, having access to such information? Think about it. This is the state of our union at the moment. It is a hot mess. Yet our president has done so much with this hot mess. 
so much. They've excluded him and decided he is killing our investments. He is killing our interests. We need to look after us rather than you, the people. That interview for me was exactly what I expected from someone like Senator Hoven. That interview for me was one of the most telling interviews to tell you exactly what's going on in our Republican majority Senate. We still have holdovers. We still have corrupt clowns pretending that they're Republicans. You know, in the majority of them, we're under the McCain reign, right? You know, they're old money, as they call it. They've been put under that finger, under that spotlight. It makes you wonder if someone really gets excited about it and does a lot of homework, if they can determine what insurance they have on people like Lankford and Hoven and and many more and many, many more. You know, it's kind of fun to think that in 2018, the GOP decided to pass new GOP rules that state that if you're being investigated for a crime that may, if you're found guilty, find you to be, you know, liable. Like, like if, you're, if you're being investigated for a crime that has at least um, two years imprisonment as a recommended sentence, so it could be from zero to like 100, right, or zero to 10 or zero to five, you're automatically excluded from voting and participating in any actions of the Senate or Congress. This is a big deal. Because that means that we can remove a lot of these clowns if people start doing their work and, and filing these complaints and investigating them. And, you know, reaching out to the RNC to report, they're just like, I don't know. You know, I kind of think I want to pull a President Trump move and maybe get with Pelosi. You know, she's insane, right? She wants blood from Republicans. Maybe we should be going to her with all this dirt and parse them out. Let them eat each other. Let them cannibalize each other. I mean, they do that anyway, right? But let them cannibalize each other in the name of politics. Bottom line is, even a clown is very, very effective. As long as you use them correctly. You get with a clown. You give them the information you want them to attack. Because other people play party politics, and it shouldn't be like that. If you're corrupt, you're corrupt. You should be out. You're supposed to be a public servant, not thinking of your pockets. And him just mentioning, yeah, you know, my state has this. Yeah, your state and your investments have this. This is what he's doing. Unacceptable, guys. And this is just one of many, probably because I have more access to things on his doings here that I can put him as a a good example. But there are many, many more. Blumenthal is coming into crosshairs next week. Uh, So I'm working on that. Now, after this break, we'll have a lot more to talk. We'll talk about a lot more. I'll give you a short update on Laura. She's actually quite busy today doing her loomered activities, which I'm not going to confide into what they are. And I'll open up the phone lines because I love to hear from you and hear what you want to break down and answer. See you all in a few. Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. 
you're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome back, everyone, for the second half of the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. You can follow me on Twitter at Tori underscore says. Uh, same goes for Gab, Tori underscore says. Always feel free to email me at Tori at Tori says.com. I read every one of your emails, every single one. And um, also, let's not forget that you can go to Tori says.com and find my latest writings. Now, before um, I go any further, because we're going to have some really big meaty things that are going to tie over for tomorrow's show, um, I want to play a clip for you, okay? Uh, I want to play a clip for you from the State of the Union by um, Jake Tapper, uh, where he was interviewing Corsi. Because we talked about this, and I told you how everybody got it wrong. There were people mentioning another name. And I pretty much told you that this indictment against Roger Stone was more so of, uh, you know, Roger Stone contacting his friend Jerry and saying, yo, I know you know someone at WikiLeaks. Can you, like, confirm if it's there or not? But just look at what happens. When longtime friends or confidants or uh, contacts or intermediaries that you know don't have the spine or the cojones you do, listen to Jerome Corsi with Jake Tapper. Dr. Stone contacted you before the release of that Access Hollywood tape, the one with Billy Bush, and asked you to try to get word to Assange, release John Podesta's email so to change the news cycle. Now, you write in your book, I believe I told the Daily World Net Daily News team conference call that the Billy Bush tape was coming. I'm sure I asked that if anybody had a way to reach Assange, we should pass the alert to Assange so he could begin dropping the Podesta file right away. Uh, as we know, on October 7th, um, WikiLeaks did release those emails just half an hour after the Washington Post published the Access Hollywood story. Uh, do you take credit for that? Do you think what you said on that conference call got word to Assange? I doubt it very seriously. I mean... My recollection uh, in the records show I had three conversations with Roger Stone that day. I believe it was October, what, 7th or 8th. At any rate, the day WikiLeaks released the first of the Podesta emails. As my recollection that Roger mentioned that this Billy Bush was coming and he wanted to know if Assange could begin dropping emails. Now, Roger may have a different recollection of that. I'm not disputing what Roger's recollection is. I can only tell you what my recollection is. And I doubt that anything was able to be communicated yeah. by the World Net Daily staff. In fact, as we looked through that day, it was a very, very busy day for me in New York City. I was working with a lot of conference calls and a lot of uh, different mm -hmm. meetings. So, but I can't find anyone that I was communicating with who had any direct contact with Assange. But as you know, I didn't have Jerome, let me just contact. Let me sure. just ask you, because we're running out of time, last question. You emailed Roger Stone to say you, quote, should be given credit, according to an email that the prosecutors have. Why would you say that if you don't think you deserved credit for the timing of the WikiLeaks dump right after the Access Hollywood tape? Well, I don't think it was specifically that that I was referring to. I was referring to 
I had, I believe, figured out that Assange had Podesta's emails. And I did tell this not only to Roger, but to others. And it turned out that I was right. Now, that was deduction on my part as best I can remember. I was mm-hmm. putting together the dots. But I felt like that should have been valuable information just that I figured it out. Not that I had communications with WikiLeaks. And I believe Roger worked with Roger Credico, and, or with Randy Credico, right. rather. Because Roger, I don't think, ever really believed. I certainly don't recall Roger thinking, if I had a contact with WikiLeaks, I think Roger would have leapfrogged me immediately and gone taking the contact himself. All right. That was interesting, right? Very interesting to see um, how relationships can be skewed when people are put into a box, right? Um, Everyone knew that WikiLeaks had those emails. And when I say everyone, I mean every single cyber soldier out there knew people that have been part of this movement of uh, saving our country, of eradicating this cancer of a DC mafia, these globalists, they all knew he had them. We all wanted them out in the open. And, you know, there's tons of people that were probably, come on, dump, dump. But we all know that WikiLeaks has never once published anything that could damage their credibility. So the process is slow, but it's definitive. Everything on the WikiLeaks page is vetted, verified, and original. There are no questions and no doubts. Having said that, Here's where we have that nothing burger, right, of an indictment. Just to hype up the piranhas, look at Jake Tapper leading, saying Roger Stone wanted them. He was, you should give him credit for pushing these these dumps. Let me tell you something. Um, There were a lot of people pushing on Julian Assange to dump that. And it wasn't just Roger Stone. It was a lot of Americans, a lot of patriots that wanted this out in the open. But... You know, you can't trust your law enforcement. You can't file complaints without being worried that the target is on your back because they're all working in concert. Think about it. Jake Tapper just showed exactly who he works for by trying to put words in his mouth. Because remember, they use whatever they publish in the media, either that be in print or TV, and use it as fact. Unfortunately for them, we've learned that trick. And we like circular reporting, too, now. Moving along, I think we should listen to um, something that Mitch McConnell broke down very easily. This is extremely scary. It's a a bill, H.R. 1, and it is... Incredible. According to his tweet, he says this is a far left sprawling effort to seize more control of the political process. It's an attempt to rewrite the rules of American politics to benefit the Democrats and their friends. And not only remember, the Democrats don't just subscribe to the donkey party. We've got a few in the elephant. I think it's time we revamp what an American party really is. So let's take a listen to what he said. H.R. 1. This sprawling power grab clocks in at 570 pages. Seemingly. Let me start that over. Technical difficulty right there. Apologies. Sprawling power grab clocks in at 
570 pages. Seemingly, every one of these pages is filled with some effort to rewrite the rules to favor the Democrats and their friends. I think it's more accurately could be described another way. The Democratic Politician Protection Act. What would it do? It would pile new Washington-focused regulations onto virtually every aspect of how politicians are elected and what Americans can say about them. The Democrats want to make the Federal Elections Commission a partisan institution. Since Watergate, the FEC has been a six-member body. Neither party gets more than three seats. Neither party. It would reduce the FEC to a five-member body. And listen to this. Let sitting presidents pick the majority. The FEC should not be a weapon that one political party can wield against its rivals. It'd also be new latitude to decide when a nonprofit's speech has crossed that same fuzzy line and subsequently forced the publication of the group's private supporters. All this appears to be custom built to chill the exercise of the First Amendment and give federal bureaucrats and the waiting left-wing mob a clearer idea of just who to intimidate. I'm just going to stop it right there for a second before I continue. Are you guys grasping how important this is? They are asking to be in charge of speech. They want to create a law to disallow people to report wrongdoings of Senate and House members and not be able to talk about them. Now, I don't care what party you subscribe to. That is relinquishing full control and full immunity to these clowns. Like, how is the left even supporting people that agree to this? How is that even possible? Listen to what else he says. Hundreds, literally hundreds of pages are dedicated to telling states how to run their elections. From when and where they must take place to the procedures they have to follow, to the machines they have to use. Yet the proposal, Mr. President, does practically nothing to combat the real live voter fraud that does happen. I'd have to say this, our colleagues across the Capitol know what they're after, because I want to make sure the American people understand what this is all about. And I want to assure the American people right from the outset, it may pass the House, but not the Senate. And that's the way it should be. It's pretty scary. I mean, there is no way ever that the president would sign anything like this anything can you imagine giving them such power what are they planning why are they so adamant to give themselves full immunity of their actions that means that the complaints that i have filed with the fbi the complaints that i had filed and have been filing with the office of the inspector general would be in turn constituted as illegal activity illegal activity to put forward a grievance illegal activity to question or loomer someone This is scary. This should scare you all. You should all be on the phone to your House representatives, regardless if you're a Republican or a Democrat or whatever you think you are, because the bottom line is it's America versus them.
to tell them that this cannot pass. And Mitch made it clear it's probably going to pass the House, but there's no way it's passing the Senate. But having said that, senators like Hoven may indeed vote yay. Depends. I mean, he's in the crosshairs right now with all these other actions that happened. So who knows? You know, they give a little, take a little, kind of like Lindsey Graham. They lift this sword and then they put it down. It's a fake sword that they lift, of course. Um, Again, I forgot to mention, my lines are open. Uh, You can call in at 215-TOP-TALK. That's 215-867-8255. Would love questions. Would love to hear what you want to talk about, um, no matter what the topic is. Now, getting to that, that bill is scary. Let's talk a little bit about this border because when this shutdown was ended because of this blindsided veto override and this attempt to take away any tools our president has, he tweeted out three separate caravans marching to our border. The numbers are tremendous. And this was reported by Fox and Friends. At the current state our border is at, And as we heard from Senator Hoven, refusing to confirm capturing terrorists, refusing to confirm how many terrorists were captured at the border, we have three separate caravans that are funded by our federal tax dollars. And one reporter and a unicorn, because you never find these things in false red states. See, the state of North Dakota is considered a Republican state. It's not. It is one of the dirtiest political uh, environments you will ever see. Uh, She is on 88.1 FM out of Fargo. She's been doing a lot of uh, digging into this. Uh, she, her show is called Mex, a Mexican crossing the lines. People are calling her, you know, a traitor because she's reporting on what's really going on with these caravans reporting what's really going on at the border. And, uh, people don't like that. And she's more of a critic of how the politics play between Mexico and the United States, where Mexico is literally feeding into these caravans and how they're assisting these atrocities, assisting these drug dealings, child trafficking, human trafficking, and facilitating terrorists to cross the border. Uh, You know, it's just pretty incredible. I have a caller on the line. Let me bring them on. Caller, welcome to the Tory Sess Show. Um, uh, Tell us, where are you calling from? And you can say your name or not, whichever. My name is Steve. I'm from New Jersey. I've called quite often. I've called Scott's show before, too, and I've called other shows on Red State. Um, I just want to bring up a, a great thing for your listeners. Um, it's kind of like have some fun at night. Just, I know it's hard to watch the TV at nighttime, especially the primetime shows and all like that, but just put one on once in a while and watch the propaganda. I mean, when you were talking about, they were talking about um, the poor immigrants that come in and you see ICE agents portrayed as like, evil Gestapo come flying in on a hospital, dragging them out by their hair. That goes on in every show. It's, it's, it's what it's doing. It's softly training people to believe that narrative. And that's exactly what it is. Because the majority, and I mean the high majority of Americans, basically are really naive. Um, they don't want to know anything what's going on around them. 
they um, they look at politics as, as something that bothers them, so they don't want to they don't want to engage in it. Um, but they're being trained. They're, it's a soft training course, um, and, and like a show um, that is on right now. Uh, it's a hospital. It's called uh, New Amsterdam. Oh, I, I watched watch that too. It. Yes. Yeah, they had a whole show about an illegal immigrant coming in the hospital that would need a treatment and ICE agents going after her parents. Uh, another one, the same ICE agent thing was another show I was watching where, um, oh, uh, Shameless, I love Shameless, I've been watching Shameless since the beginning, it's crazy. But it's so political, it's about, it's about gay rights, it's about, they right now have a Guatemalan boy who's the nicest looking kid you'll ever find, who doesn't speak English, but he's working in, in the show, and ICE agents took away his poor uncle. So now he has no family left. And it's just nonstop. And that's just one small, small part. So if your listeners get a, want to have a good laugh, uh, write that, write a show once in a while to watch, and then just write down all the, um, uh, the propaganda that's put in every single movie, that's put in every single sitcom, that, um, and then write it down and call your show up and say, guess what I saw last time? I saw a crazy anatomy. They were talking about uh, President Trump. And they always throw Trump on the bus. Oh, yes, they do. They don't call his name now. They just sit there and say, uh, oh, in the conditions we live in today, you know, like like we're in bad shape, you know. Right, right. No, I agree. Climate change is brought up a lot, too. Exactly. Big Bang Theory is nothing but a climate change propaganda movie show, you know, nonstop. You know, they have all, you know, and they, you know, like you're a fool unless you believe in climate change. But that, that's just what I wanted to tell you. Uh, you. You could do a show on it. Just have people call in and say, what you watch? Tell me what you saw and go from that. It, 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 you could do hours on that on that subject. Well, yeah, you're right, because I've been mentioning it. This is this is how you brainwash people and condition people to think in one way. And uh, earlier in my show, I mentioned that Roswell, New Mexico, the first two episodes were uh, villainizing and making ICE agents look incredibly evil. But they redeemed themselves uh, in last night's episode where I saw uh, them saying, no, this is the law. We're supposed to be upholding the law. And it was an actual Mexican an immigrant who said my parents had to wait and them just coming in and taking whatever they want minimizes the whole process that my parents went through in the suffrage because the law is the law they've broken the law and I don't appreciate it and that for me was shocking because like you said everywhere they inserted I mean charmed at one point one of the sisters said not my president and it's like what you're fighting demons how are you calling that out saying you reek of white privilege because you're in a dorm studying I mean these are real things that they're saying and they're desensitizing people to facts and we see it in the movies too I mean, you know, I, oh, I went to I the movie. I don't want to talk to movies. Right. Movies are insane. Well, I'll just tell you. I, I went... can't watch a movie. I, I've been going to a movie in like two years. I took my daughter to a movie yesterday. We had uh, Tuesday movies because the local AMC has like $5 ticket Tuesdays, right? So rather than paying $100 for the full, whole family to go out, we spend like 20 bucks for tickets. And we went and saw that mm-hmm. movie about King Arthur where this kid's in England and he draws the sword and he's like King Arthur or whatever, Excalibur. But the whole premise of the whole movie was is that the world is so evil right now because people are fighting with each other. They're not 
you know, globally in love, not opening borders, that there's presidents yep. that are divisive. Yep. And this is why Morgana is rising because there's so much evil. And I was thinking, oh, my gosh, this has really gotten out of hand. And now with Pelosi going to the Grammys, can anyone say anything on mm-hmm. that? Well, who are they training in that movie? What age group? Uh, that movie, They're of course, our children. Our children, the of teenagers. course. Yeah, absolutely. Not us. We're smart enough to know what, what's being presented to us. And the sad thing about it, these kids really believe this garbage. Well, you know, not uh, not a lot of them. So I have a 13-year-old, mm-hmm. right? In New and, Jersey, they do. Well, <laughs> you know, you guys have pain there. So, you know, and your uh, congressman, Payne, you know, he's out of Newark, right? Payne Jr., he's kind of missing an action. Yeah, well, I've got he... Menen- I got Menendez. So oh, he you're... makes Payne look like a child. <laughs> Take one, smack another, and it's me. the same thing. But, <laughs> right? Yeah. They're both in the same boat. But the thing is that Payne hasn't voted in over a fortnight, which is, hey, mm-hmm. where is he? And Scott Adams even said the last time I had him on my show, we were on a conference call when I called his office, and nobody knew where he was. Nobody knew where he was. He was supposedly in Washington. And I asked, well, if he's in Washington, then why isn't he voting? Like, you know, he's not just not showing up to vote for Republican recommended things, but he's not even pushing the agenda of the Democrats. Like, what's up? What's going on? And I sent an email asking the question. No answer yet, because I asked for an email because it's best to have documented responses. Right. And it's it's pretty incredible. The, the the and when I say that the mainstream media should be bucketed into entertainment, it's true. It's full blown propaganda. And the faster mm-hmm. and the sooner we realize it, the better. I mean, I have documentation and actually information that most of these um, intelligence psyops FBI personnel have now inserted themselves in companies like Pixar and Disney. And they oh, and when they introduce yeah and when they introduce themselves they like hey I work for Disney here's my card and then when you do your homework you kind of see that they got awards they were the second in command with Comey and they all suddenly left in May of 2016. So you know how we yeah, used to right. So we see how they all used to work for Washington D.C. and then went into NFL, right? Now we're seeing a big mm-hmm. wave of all of them going into the entertainment industry. Um, you know, to manipulate what goes on. And so it's it, like you said, if people just turn it on and see so many subtle pushes for these ideologies, uh, glorifying Antifa is another one. That's that's just really, really incredible. That's a great, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. And like, the, and like you said, Steve, I would urge everyone to just turn it on and kind of see what they're talking about. Because uh, you'll yeah, see. And then just turn it back off again because you don't have to watch. It, it only takes one. Uh, I don't care what episode it is during the whole year. Just put one on. Modern Family. There's another really good one right there. Uh, I mean, there's so many of them. It, it's it's almost, every, especially, you know, those, um, what's that one series my wife likes? Um, there's, it goes three in a row. Oh, Chicago Med. Chicago, whatever, in Chicago something. Every single thing in this thing, women being men, men being women, um, uh, very sexual stuff that's going on. Uh, very few do you ever see um, a male, female uh, in it. it. It's, 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 that's all. It's like, it's like, it's, they make it look like it's a norm, you know? And they do throw in stuff about the president. I've seen it. I, I've seen it where I like to go in the ER and they're like, well, the reason your health care is not good is because of that, because of the president's change, what it used to be like. You know, it's, it's digs. It's nonstop digs. 
It is. And this is why people should turn their TV off and, you know, wait yep. till it comes on Hulu where they can't gather that as ratings. So they go broke, either change direction or go off. broke. Yeah. I have a hard time watching Fox now. Oh, I really do. Because it, it's the same rhetoric over and over and over again. You know, I mean, I'll watch Tucker Carlson uh, if, if, it's, you know, if the time is right. Uh, Hannity's kind of hard to watch at times because he's always the same. If I hear Fusion GPS out of his mouth one more time, I'm going to throw up. And it's it's the same thing, and it makes it boring. So why do you want to hear it? it that's one thing you, you got to realize too with news people. Right, it is important, but you don't make three quarters of your entire show about the same thing because you'll lose viewers. You have to talk like what we're talking about, what you guys talk about. You, you like another facts. person, Kate Daly, I listen to all the time. Facts. She brings up some great facts, some great guests. Do that. Do it. Well, people, it people, people don't want to listen to facts. People refuse facts. And if you speak facts, the thing that they do is exclude you from the conversation. Uh, they'll boot you out of the room. They'll stop listening to you, or they'll, or That's they'll all. ridicule you. They're a racist in there. Exactly. Now and then. No, 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 no. Then everyone's ears pop up. I agree, you know? Steve. I agree. Keywords. Key Yes, it, that's yeah. that's the way it is. Trigger words too. Um, Trigger words, and yes. then all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, I understand." That's how stupid people are. Yes, you know, I, I go, I tell people all the time. I said, "You want to start a mob? Just walk into a room of a group of people and turn around and point to someone and say that person uh, raped his kid." And without evidence, people are going to look at him, and they've already made a decision in their head. I said, "And you created a flash mob, and that's what they do." There's no, and people just and they get used to this, you know. After a while, it's like names mean more than than a, than a whole. They don't want to hear the whole story. They don't have time in their day. Just it, give me the word. It's oh, more that's than the facts. Word. Off I go. Well, thank you for d- calling in. I'm at my You're break. <laughs> thank you, and call I'm again. Sure. Call again, Steve. Amazon thank Echo you. Echo I will. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Bye bye. Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it. But we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone. And call right now. 855-700-2978-855-700-2978-855-700-2978. That's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. 
So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world is mypillow.com Welcome back to the final segment of the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tori underscore says and Gab. Also on my website, ToriSays.com. As I said, the last segment I will be introducing some little tidbits of what's to come on conversation. Though having said that, I've noticed you know that how many false flat? Oh no, false complaints did we see get prosecuted of women in hijabs claiming that they were torn away and beat up, and they've been prosecuted for lying? Well, I think we're going to have another one with Jesse Smollett of the show Empire, who claimed that people in MAGA hats attacked him. Well, this just out from Chicago that um, Chicago police say they're still continuing to. Um, investigate this attack on the Empire actor, Jesse Smollett, which has been deemed a possible hate crime. Officials are looking into surveillance video, but haven't found official footage of the crime yet. So they've expanded the search. They're looking for video, but apparently there isn't any, which makes it seem like maybe this is another false claim. Maybe he did get attacked. Maybe he was attacked by a man that he was hitting on that didn't want him or beat him. I don't know. Regardless, what happened to him is wrong, but what's even more wrong is lying about it. Again, you can call it 215-TOP-TALK. Always love to hear from you. Steve from New Jersey, amazing, you know, points that I've been trying to push out. This is brainwashing 101. You don't have to sit someone in a hot box under, you know, lights and flashing movies like we see in, um, you know, on blockbuster films, how they brainwash. It's subtle notions to desensitize you, as I've said. Um, again, my number is 215-867-8255. In the meantime, I want us to just listen to something that has gone viral coming out of um, Virginia. Uh, you know, Kathy Tran has now removed her Twitter and Facebook, shut everything down. I want you to take a listen to what kind of bill the state of Virginia was trying to pass in regards to abortion. So how late in the third trimester would you be able to, to do that? You know, it's very unfortunate that our, the, our physicians, uh, witnesses, were not able to attend today to speak specifically. No, no I'm talking about yeah, your bill. Yeah, they're not attending because they're How late in the third trimester could a, a physician 
perform an abortion if he indicated it would impair the mental health of the of the woman? Or physical health. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm uh, talking about the mental health. So, I mean, through the third trimester. The third trimester goes all the way up to 40 weeks. Okay. But to the end of the third trimester. Yep. I don't think we have a limit in the bill. So, um, The woman standing next to her doesn't look like Where it's obvious that a woman is about to give birth. She has physical signs of, of, that she is about to give a birth. Would that still be a point at which she could request an abortion if she was so certified? She's dilating. Uh, Mr. Chairman, that would be a, you know, a decision that the doctor, the physician, and the woman would I understand would make that. I'm that asking point. if your bill allows that. My bill would allow that, yes. Did you hear that? So if a woman decides to get rid of her child while she's dilating or even crowning, if a doctor deems it important for her mental or physical health that they kill the baby that's just about to come out, this bill would allow that. How disgusting is this? You know, in the state of New York, they applauded allowing late-term abortions. They applauded it. You know, it's a very lucrative industry to have baby parts. They applauded it. Yet you are not allowed to kill someone that's a murderer, but you're allowed to kill a child. A child that is dependent on its mother to breathe and eat. And you, as a parent, if your child is walking and talking, cooing or breathing, if you don't change its diaper on time, the state has a right to take it away from you because it's abuse. But murder is not. This is the state of our union. You know, I really hope the president takes advantage of the State of the Union to portray these insane notions and these insane uh, immoral positions that are manifesting in our country, that are being propelled by the very party that is supposedly in charge of the House. These are atrocities. These are evil things that are happening in front of us. It's very disheartening. It causes great concern. I follow this woman who goes down to the border uh, from Chicago. I'm going to try to reach out to her and have her on the show and kind of talk. But yesterday, she was at a city meeting where they agreed to provide extra funding, millions of dollars of taxpayer dollars in California to build housing and give houses and apartments to illegal immigrants that do not have that choice. And she said, why are you paying for that when we have homeless veterans on the street? And all of these advocates, most of them didn't even speak English, said, we're talking about the illegal immigrants right now. Those, no, they didn't say illegal immigrants. We're talking about these asylum seekers that need a house. Well, what about our soldiers? Our soldiers that come back from the war zone broken, they are, you know, there are things that you will see in the field that you cannot unsee. You know, a lot of people have been desensitized to the idea from watching it on the movies, you know, seeing a kid get blown to smithereens, uh, 
Having your friend sitting right next to you and turning into a hamburger right in front of your eyes, it's not that easy when you're there. It's not. Seeing a uh, terror attack during a raid or on your base and you can't stop it. It's as if time stops and you just see it go by and you're thinking, I need to stop this, but you can't move fast enough. Those are real things. Knowing that every time you hear the whistle go by, that it could be landing on your tent or your temporary housing or in your foxhole. Those are things you can't unsee. And many people that join the armed forces are cleared to have the ability to process these things differently. But truth be said, we cannot be in everyone's mind because we are so individual. Our experiences, the nurturing we had as young, uh, young children as in, and young adults, the socioeconomic factors that feed in, the educational background, the um, fostering of understanding, uh, the um, ability to discern uh, things that we can control and we can't control because that's something that many of us struggle with. I do too. Like, where do you say, well, shouldn't worry about it because I really can't control this. These are all things that play into uh, the human psyche. And so we have these soldiers coming back that hit the oxy hard, that hit the bottle hard. They can't reintegrate because their psyche somewhere needs help to cleanse what they've seen, not to unsee it, but to embrace it and understand and keep that internal scar and where it is a badge as opposed to, you know, a hindrance. We are doing nothing for our veterans, yet look at all this outpouring for people that don't fight for their country, for people that have violated the very laws of our country, for people that are living and are mooching off of our country and we cannot do it for those people that are responsible for our ability to be sitting where we are standing where we are driving where we are at this moment for fighting for that little piece of land you stand on it is incredible to see this this immorality it's so evil and it's all over the world everywhere as you know, a human being seeing it, it disheartens me. It makes me so sad to think of what the future will be like, which is so uncertain. And someone who loves to put out algorithms and to predict predictive models, unfortunately, most of my predictive models are very, very, very scary. The only one that seems some glimmer of hope is that our president is successful in what he promised, that he promised to help our country, that he promised to save our country, and that he promised to give us back our country and the power that we do have. This is the whole premise of creating the United States of America is giving the people a piece of that to be shareholders in the company. But unfortunately, we are at a point where people don't value that commodity, the, the, the fact that they're shareholders in this country. 
Your vote is that indication that you own part of this country. Your say has weight and people diminish it. I mean, we're having this bill, the HR1, almost coming through. It's, it's, it's pretty incredible to see it happen. I have another caller. Uh, caller, go ahead. You're on air. Welcome. Where are you calling from? And your name, if you like. Hello. Hi. Uh, this is Tommy. Hi, Tommy. From California. I talked to you yesterday. Hi, Tommy. Welcome back to the Tory Sess Show. Yes. Uh, did you happen to listen to uh, the Common Sense Show Sunday evening? I did not. Well, he had a, a gal on. If you can listen to that, it, it's she was on for two hours, but the first hours is very important. When she got on, I, I, I'm sorry, I can't recall her name, but she, just before she got on the show, she got, there was a Twitter from Donna Brazil saying, uh, Trump and Pence need to be assassinated now. Now, they took that off the air, off the Twitter pretty quick, but she has a friend that took a screenshot of it, and she has it. And yet, you don't hear one word about this. Um, Tommy, are you referring to the tweet that Donna Brazil sent out saying, you know, that Pelosi will be president and MLK weekend is in full swing? Are you referring to that one? No. According to this gal, it it said that um, Pence and Trump should be assassinated right now. That's what that's what the tweet said. I haven't seen. And it that. was only up. It was only up. Well, if you listen to uh, Dave's show uh, Sunday, especially the first hour, and they talk about Pelosi, her real name, and she's taking the orders from her mafia father. Well, um, I I do know that there was uh, a uh, tweet from Donna Brazil uh, that I've kept a screenshot of which was saying that, you know, uh, it's time, you know, today she's House Speaker, tomorrow it's President Pelosi, and MLK Weekend is in yeah. West Wing. And that happened at the time. There was a video, there was a video I think there was a video on, um, there was an article video, video on um, uh, beforeitsnews.com. And, uh, but no, this is different, I believe. Because she said, I mean, Dave was just, Floored when he heard this. Well, I, I, I didn't you should see listen that. to that. I didn't see that, and I haven't seen that tweet, so I can't confirm that. But I do know. Well, it was only up for it was only up for a minute or so, and this gal happened to got a screenshot of it. Matter of fact, she just got it just before she went on the air, uh, six o'clock or uh, depends what time zone you're in. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it was uh, Dave was blown to, blown away. Well, I, you know, there's a lot going around, but um, the Donna Brazil tweet that I'm referring to uh, was sent in a very timely fashion at the time where Pelosi and 95 other individuals, including family, were leaving the country 
And uh, we had just arrested a man who was planning an attack on the White House. Uh, and um, that was pretty sketchy itself. And it was just during, um, right before Martin Luther King weekend. And we know it's pretty much aligns with the same way how when JFK was assassinated, the whole cabinet had left and gone to Japan. So maybe uh, it was a reference to that tweet. I haven't seen it. There's a lot of people that follow no, and track all of no, these. No, because it was sun- this was Sunday. So it can't be the same one. I see. Well, I haven't, I haven't seen it anywhere on Twitter myself. Um, but I No, no, they to took it. it off. It was only up for a couple, very short time. And this gal... Uh, a friend of hers got the screenshot, so she has that, and sh- and she said, just before I came on the show, Dave, I just received this. Donna tweeted, Trump and Pence need to be assassinated now. Well, and that was Sunday. I don't think not, that not, they... not Martin Luther King. Right. Well, I'll look into that and ask around to people that actually um, are tasked with um, taking these tweets, Uh, you know, taking snapshots of these tweets, because I follow one specific politician. Well, actually, two. And I snapshot everything they do through a specific software. So even if they delete it, I still have the imagery and it'll just say failed to load tweet, you know, Um, but I'll still have the image. Uh, You know, having said that, the, the, the Democrats are so desperate at this time that that is exactly what they would want. And uh, this is something that they've wanted from before the election. Uh, But I trust that we have very strong and very diligent patriots surrounding our president. And there are a lot of us out there online doing our homework, scouring the Internet, reporting things. Kind of like as you were talking, I was looking for um, any tweets that would show that. And the only one I found was from a guy on Twitter – that goes by the name of Matt, but has some girl's face in it. Still a valid account on Twitter that is requesting, indeed, that such an assassination happens. And it's uh, been tweeted from the 20th of January, 2017. And it still lives on Twitter, obviously against Twitter rules, but still lives there. <laughs> obviously the bias again. Um, this is something that they would want to happen because it would make it easier for them to implement. And I think every single patriot right now, and just, and I'm not saying that I'm siding with these rhinos, okay? Nobody misconstrue this, because I'm the type of person, give me liberty or give me death. Like Roger Stone said, he would go down in flames before anything. That is exactly how I am. You want to corner me, you want to force me to do something, just come at me. I don't care if you lock me up or burn me alive. There is no way. I would betray my ethics, my morals to save my own skin. And that's the thing. There are so many of us like that out there surrounding and cocooning our president. The only thing we can do is pray. And unfortunately, we do have Republicans in the House that are kind of like China and, and Russia right now in Venezuela. They want to protect their investment, right? Which is... They have, you know, they know that there's insurance policies on their head. 
But on the other hand, they know that if President Trump succeeds, they're going to be in the weeds if they expose that they're trying to play on both sides of the fence. And in one sense, you could say, I I, I get it. They have families. They're scared. They were naive. But that's no excuse, no excuse for what you're doing, right? We need to stay true, follow north. And make sure that the objective truth is there, because if we lose sight of what the goal is, and that is to what ensure that the whole premise of creating the United States of America stands tall, because we've lost that. America has not been great for a very long time. It has been built on bloodshed and lies. And for the first time, we have a president that is willing to fix that. So, right. Yeah. You know, uh, but let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this. This one thing I it it puzzles me is that uh, between mind control and cloning, sometimes you don't know what is real, what isn't. You know, um, cloning. You know, I hear that you know Hillary is a clone. That she died in 2016, September the 11th, and um, uh, and plus other ones. Uh, because I have a clip in 19, I mean uh, 2016, September the 11th, ABC Atlanta ABC Night Show came on, and it only lasted about five or six seconds. They said. Hillary Clinton died at 10, and then they cut the feed. I think she did die from brain trauma. Terry, and, um, let me answer. Let me answer. Was, uh, go ahead. No, you go. No, I was going to say, I only have about three minutes left, so I want to answer your question um, and just thank you for calling in, too, uh, about this clone and mind control thing and what um, what my view is on that. Um, thank you. Please call again. You know, um, wow, this half hour just went by completely fast. So what Terry is inferring to cloning and mind control um, this goes back to what Steve was saying. Subtle insertion of ideologies um, into our everyday practice. This is the way the totalitarian governments work. This is how they control how we think or feel about things and how we desensitize. Now, on cloning, I have actually worked with the leader in human cloning. Um, I consider him my mentor in teaching me genetic science. Um, He was actually fired from the university that I attended uh, for uh, cloning a human being. His name is Dr. Panos Zavos. And, um, you know, it's a very touchy subject, you know. I am totally against people playing God. Let's just put that out there right there. But I want you to know that if I come to you and take your cells and replicate to clone you, it will not be an exact copy of you. It'll be a one in a trillion um, 
copy of whatever genetic material you have, if that makes sense. Because like I've said, life, the creation of life is so valuable and so rare that the version of you that is there right now is a one in a trillion because there are so many different couplings of genetics, different standings of genetics and cross Uh, You know, it's just incredible. And even if I take your DNA right now and try to replicate you, it would only be a replica of everything you hold and everything that wasn't used for you. So... I've, it's called somatic um, nuclear transfer cells. Basically, uh, he would take a cow um, cell, uh, strip it of all its DNA, and insert human DNA to recreate. So cloning is something that has happened. And uh, he's, he's a leading expert in andrology for men that can't have children. He can get anybody pregnant. You could be 65 as long as you have a uterus that has a trilaminar that can hold, um, you know, uh, an embryo, you will have a baby. Uh, but, you know, and, and this is where it's kind of fringe and touchy and ethical. But the reason he has it is for people that are infertile but demand to have uh, children of their genetic makeup. So he's uh, very popular in the Middle East where strictly they need heirs. They don't do adoptions. It's a cultural thing. Um, and clones have been made in humans. He has already cloned a human being. Um, they are monitoring these cloned human beings. Um, you know, you can find videos of Zavos, it's Z-A-V-O-S, on CNN talking about it, where, you know, he's pretty much not able to conduct any of these experiments uh, within the United States, yet we have other universities that are buying baby parts and creating them because their whole idea is you're allowing it to create life and then you end it before it becomes a baby. And he's like, because it's unorthodox to uh, kill a child. So he stops it just to see if the synapses, you know, the, the actual DNA exchange information is valid and viable. So there is some merit to that theory. And I wouldn't put it beyond us because the technology that we know about today is only a fraction of what actually exists. Because remember, we got the internet boom in the mid 90s, right? But the internet has been around since the 60s. They just allowed us to have it. So, you know, technology has moved beyond what you can imagine. So people that say that's a tinfoil hat theory, I would say, well, the science supports that it's possible. And we should always take that with a grain of salt. Kind of like I said, Hillary Clinton was out in the Far East dancing bhangra when she sits in a chair and chokes on her own air. Was it Hillary or was it someone else? I mean, that's pretty substantial right there now tomorrow as promised i'll reveal the fbi senior officials see the thing about investigative journalism is taking what we already have and deriving the facts and their names are already out in public and the company is already out in public so i'll bring that to you guys tomorrow until then stay happy and healthy from all of us here at red state have a wonderful evening I'm from a small town in Tennessee, a long way.